This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast is brought to you by Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-road communications. Join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear. Rigid Industries, off-road lighting, own the night with Rigid. Radar Tires, an active supporter of the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and manufactured carbon neutral since 2013. And Smittybill Off-Road, providing high-quality products built for living the off-road lifestyle. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Anderson Overland Podcast. I hope you're having a glorious, glorious week. It is Monday, Monday, Monday. And uh, wow, I can't believe how quickly this year is going by. I mean, we're getting ready right now for uh, summertime. I mean, summertime is pretty much here where I'm at. It is hot as hell out here now. And uh, and it's just getting hotter and hotter every day. It's been... uh, pretty amazing to see how quickly it changed from, you know, uh, 60, 70 degrees out here to now over a hundred. And, uh, you know, in some ways I like it in some ways I'm like, Oh, I wish we could go back to wintertime because, um, you know, just love that, that season out here. The, the summers are great too, though, but man, it gets just Africa hot out here sometimes in the middle of the summer. But Hey, you know what, this, this summer I'm planning on being in, at higher altitude and, uh, away from, from this place for a couple months out of the summer. So we're going to, we're going to do that this year and, and, uh, get out of this heat, get out and camp and, and explore and, and do our thing. So, yeah. So welcome back. I, first of all, just want to thank all of you guys again, uh, for the amazing response and, uh, you know, just being loyal to the podcast these last few years. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy doing this with you guys and I really enjoy the interaction with everybody online and, and all the messages that I get and people that I see at the expos and the events and things. I wish that, um, I could do more of the events than, than I have been. Um, but you know what, that's just is what it is right now. And, uh, that's our schedule and, uh, maybe that'll, 
that'll uh, loosen up a little bit so that we can do that. Um, but for right now, we're just trying to hit as many as we can. The next one that we're going to be at is Overland Expo West in Flagstaff. We try and get out there every year, no matter what other expos are going on. Um, that is the one where we, we just enjoy seeing friends and, um, you know, and people that, uh, listen to the podcast and, you know, new, new people to meet and, and talk with, and it's just great. So if you guys have not been out to Flagstaff for that, please this year, try and get yourself out to Overland Expo West in Flagstaff, Arizona. It is going to be awesome again this year. It's at the end of May. Just go to overlandexpo.com and get your tickets. Uh, the trick to that is to park outside of the expo and to, um, you know, move your way in there, uh, carefully without, uh, having to pay the, uh, parking fees. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of little spots that we've learned over the years, um, you know, to try and, uh, get in there without, without having to pay these crazy parking fees. The parking fees are just ridiculous, but you know, I get it. It is an event that's, that's exploding and getting larger and larger. And, um, it's just one of those things. So anyways, today I wanted to talk about overlanding and planning and mapping yourself into locations. And that has been something that has been a challenge and something that has been very easy for us too, at at times, depending on where we're, we're coming in. Um, you know, one of the most challenging things to do is to find places that you're not going to be impinging on private property or, you know, like us, I don't enjoy camping next to people that often. Um, I, I really honestly like camping out in the middle of nowhere away from people, um, because you know, we, we don't like to get up super crazy early in the morning. We, we enjoy, uh, sleeping in a little bit. And, uh, sometimes with the kids, we're not able to do that. You know, they get up and that just, you know, is what it is. But what I have learned is that when we're near a lot of people, you know, different people like to get up at different times in the morning. And when you got kids, all it takes is someone banging around their crap at six, you know, six o'clock in the morning, and then the kids are awake and then everybody's awake. And that's miserable because most times at, at camp when we're out, we're up pretty late, you know, around the campfire and, um, you know, and you just, uh, want to sleep in and enjoy vacationing and being out in the woods. And, and, um, so we like to be out away from people. And sometimes that's a challenge to find those spots, um, especially in new areas that you're not familiar with. And the hardest part that I found is coming into places at night. You know, we always trying to get, we always try to get uh, camp set up before dark and kind of know where we're at. But if you're traveling as much as we do when we're out doing this uh, overlanding thing, um, you know, sometimes you, you know, you're, you're going on these, these long treks during the day and sometimes you just can't get to camp before dark. Sometimes we get into town or get into the area that we want to be in before the sun goes down, but then it ends up being like, you know, one of those things where it just takes a while to find camp. If you're, if you're not, you know, if you're not planned, uh, correctly, or, um, you know, you didn't plan correctly, I should say, and things are just kind of up in the air, which, which happens to us sometimes, you know, we go into these, these States that we're not familiar with, and we kind of have a couple places that we want to focus on and, and go camp and go explore but we don't know enough about the area or we didn't have enough time to plan. And that's something that I would definitely encourage you guys to do is before you go out on you know, even a couple day excursion, um, you know, for us, it's usually a couple weeks uh, or a month. 
um, you know, sit down with your wife or your girlfriend or your traveling partner or, you know, by yourself and map some stuff out, you know, open up Google Earth or whatever mapping software that you have or whatever paper maps that you use and figure out your destinations and, and kind of look for resources in the area too. you know, water, uh, fuel, food, um, things that, you know, you may need after being out on the, uh, the trail or, or out camping for, you know, days or weeks or months on end. Um, those are very important. You know, you don't, you don't want to be too super crazy far from medical services, from, you know, uh, those resources that you might need in an emergency as well. So I would definitely encourage you guys, um, to do that. I, I use, Google Earth a lot of times, uh, you know, when we're, we're planning on going into a, a location and I'll set little pins in Google Earth up at the top left of the menu in Google Earth software. There's a little um, like thumbtack pin thing and you can drag that onto the map and then click on it and set up notes or GPS coordinates or, you know, colors or select areas and basically, I'll map out where we're going to go uh, most times. And that, that way, we kind of have an idea and things aren't just up in the air. Because I found that, you know, over the years, we've been doing this. Gosh, we've been doing this for a long, long time now. And I found that, you know, if we don't have a plan, which to be honest with you, last year, we didn't have much of a plan. We just kind of went for it. And it was kind of a pain in the butt at times um, to, to figure things out and to get, you know, um, solid locations nailed down, especially in these areas where there was a lot of ranch land, a lot of private land, not much dispersed camping. And, uh, there was a a few nights where we're like, well, geez, I mean, we, we want to camp and we don't even know where to go right now. And it's dark. And we ended up getting a hotel room for the night and then the next day finding camp. Um, and, uh, I just don't like doing that. You know, it's just unexpected money that you got to spend, and by the time we got home from that trip, I think we'd spent probably like $1,800 in, um, you know, in fuel and, uh, you know, a couple of hotel rooms in between, uh, camping because we didn't plan. So if you're on a budget, like we are, um, and some of you, you know, might not be, and that's freaking awesome for you. I, I wish that I wasn't, but I am on a budget and I would probably say that most people on here, uh, don't have just, uh, indispensable money that they can just, you know, throw out at stuff. So, um, planning and mapping yourself in is very important and I would highly encourage you to do so. If any of you guys need any help with that or, or kind of want to, uh, see kind of how I do things, you know, please hit me up. Like, uh, I've had a couple of you guys in the last two weeks hit me up about, um, camping spots and stuff. That's super awesome. I love interacting with people. Um, but if you have any questions about anything with overlanding or mapping or gear or, you know, uh, what we talked about last podcast, you know, um, uh, sidearm carrying, you know, uh, protection, things like that. Hit me up Andersonoverland at gmail.com, or you can check out our website at andersonoverland.com. And, uh, I would love to talk to you. So anyways, yeah, get yourself good mapping software. Um, Google earth is great for pre-planning. Um, Onyx off road is a great uh, platform. We use Gaia GPS a lot when we're out on the trail. Um, when I'm in the Forerunner, it's Gaia. When I'm on our uh, Polaris side by side, and we're we're doing that sort of thing, um, I use just their. Uh, it's called Ride Command um, that I have installed in our our uh, our Razor. Um, but the Forerunner, 
I usually have, like I said, uh, Gaia GPS pulled up. That That is a piece of software that I've found has been the best for me and what I do and what I like to do out on the, the trail as far as tracking and things like that um, and heads up display as far as elevation and, and coordinates and everything else. Uh, it's worked really well for me. And what I, what I, what I really like about Gaia is that it has been a great piece of software, uh, for reliability and stability with offline maps. And I haven't really found that with, uh, some of these other pieces of software that I've tried. Um, you know, maybe Onyx off-road is better at that now, but, um, it seemed like back before that it, it wasn't that great. And, um, you know, I, I ended up having to go with a, a GPS antenna um, in those places that we don't have cell service to map map in, uh, you know, our locations and things just because, I don't know, the, the interaction between um, the offline maps and the, the uh, iOS GPS, just it just wasn't working well. So I think I've worked all those bugs out now, but, um, you know, there's plenty of, of software uh, packages or, or um, apps out there, I should say that are great and you just got to pick the one that works for you but those are probably the top three google earth onyx off-road and gaia gps i used gaia more than anything um but but google earth i i use um for pre-planning a lot just because it you know just has a, a really nice um uh inner interface for for doing that on their uh their desktop software so um yeah uh our next plan is to hit uh expo west out in flagstaff like i was saying uh what we like to do out there is camp kind of outside the expo and go in on saturday and sunday which are the 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 saturday is the biggest day um but i like to go in saturday sunday and and spend saturday just kind of you know trucking around the expo and checking things out and interacting with people and then um sunday usually try and uh visit friends and and people that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, just because, you know, on Saturday it's, it's hard to get to, uh, those conversations with people when they're trying to sell product and interact with, you know, people that are at the expo to, to learn about overlanding and, and purchase things and and that sort of thing. So we will be there. And if you guys are at the expo, please look for us. I'll probably have one of my Anderson Overland podcast shirts on. Um, and I am a just big, tall looking dude. I'll be walking around there a lot. And, uh, please stop me. If you listen to the podcast, um, I would love to talk to you and meet you. And, um, that would just be awesome. It just makes my day when, when, uh, when that happens and had that happen quite a bit last year. And so I'm hoping uh, to meet a lot more people this year. Cause it just, uh, you know, just opens up conversation and relationships and, um, you know, just the, the interaction with the community is, is one of the coolest things about, about doing this, you know, and having the Instagram account and all the social media stuff and, uh, the podcast, it just, uh, allows you to meet so many people and, and kind of see, you know, where, where people are coming from, you know? Um, so this last, uh, week I put up on Instagram, um, a post about, you know, Hey, what questions do you have for us and and what can we answer that you are interested in knowing you know uh, what what questions and so i had a couple people text us and ask us some questions uh about um some things and i just wanted to kind of go into that a little bit so the first one was how do you have time to travel so much well, if you guys uh, are new to the podcast, 
Um, obviously, you probably don't know uh, what I do for a living. Um, I have a job that allows me to take uh, time off quite a bit, um, just the way that our schedule works and the way that we're able to line things up with trades and vacation time off and things like that. Um, I am uh, a fireman and we have a schedule that is 48 hours on and 96 hours off. And so we get hammered pretty good over that 48 hour period. We're working an entire work week in 48 hours and we don't sleep sometimes. Um, and it's, it's rough. So because of that line of work and the mental stresses, physical stresses and all the things that come with that, they allow uh, four days, uh, of, of time off in, in between each shift. And so four days for me is like, you know, a whole, you know, four day weekend. Um, and the, usually that first day I come home and sleep and get caught up on, you know, the rest, get the batteries charged up. And then, uh, sometimes most times we'll head out uh, during the summer, uh, for my four day and just camp. And, and that's what we do. We're, we're hardly at home. We're, we're always out doing stuff. Um, but a lot of times too, I will save up vacation time and I will take it all, uh, in one big, you know, shebang and take a month off. And that's when we travel a lot. So, um, that's how we're able to do that. It is the best schedule and the best job I have ever had. And, uh, I probably won't do anything else for the rest of my life. I love it. And like I said, it, it offers the ability to do this with my family so much more than anything else that I could ever do. Unless I was working for some company, you know, corporate or something in a remote, um, where you could, you know, do your work on the road, which is pretty awesome. And I know a lot of people who are overlanding who do that. They, they do the remote, um, uh, work stuff. And as long as they got Starlink or, you know, some kind of internet connection, they're able to do that and, and be out on the road. That is the most ideal thing. Um, but I love my job. I'm not so, so sure that I would love doing, a you know, a nine to five remote, you know, kind of thing. Um, I've done that in the past and it's just not me anymore. I, I don't know that I could ever go back to a nine to five. There's actually been a couple jobs that I've had opportunities to apply for in the fire service that were uh, in the state that I live in now. And uh, they were nine to five, you know, actually like four tens, I think it was um, Monday through Thursday. And, you know, I'd be home at night and, you know, I had the ability to apply for those positions. But man, I just it's just not me. I, maybe that's something I'll consider later on during, you know, retirement or, you know, retirement age or, you know, later on in my career. But right now I love being a fire captain and running my crew and, and, uh, working with my boys and, and running calls. And, uh, the schedule I have just allows me to do so, so much. I mean, you know, here I am on a Monday and, uh, you know, I'm off work and having a great time today and, and hanging out with friends and family. And, um, you know, on my days off, uh, usually, and, uh, you know, everybody else is out there working and sometimes, you know, it rotates around where you're like, gosh, dang, I'm working on a weekend. Everybody else is off and it just, it's all relative, you know? Um, but it is great to have the rotating schedule so that there are times of the month where, you know, you're off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, or those, you know, middle of the week days and everybody else is working, which allows you to get out and, um, do things that, you know, you can't really do on the weekends because there's just too many people. It's too busy. So that's how we're able to do that. Uh, the fire service, if you are interested in that job, if you're one of our younger, uh, listeners and that's something you want to get into because you want the ability to do the awesome stuff that, uh, we're able to do as a family because of this amazing job that I've been blessed with. 
um, hit me up. I'd love to talk to you about it and point you in the right direction if that's something that you're interested in doing. So um, another question that we were asked is, what is your next long-term road trip that you have planned? Well, the end of the summer, we are going to travel up to the Pacific Northwest. We're going to try and hit Idaho and Montana and maybe Oregon, Washington area. Um, we have tried to do that in the past. We tried to do that this, do that this last summer, but um, we kind of ran out of time. You know, I, I had taken a month off from work, but because we had spent a little bit more time in some areas that we ended up really liking in Utah, we ended up not being able to get uh, so far up north like we really wanted to. And that was a bummer, but you know, it just is what it is. We, we had to turn around and come back. But this year, I think we're going to go straight up to Idaho from Arizona here and, um, you know, go up through Utah again, go up through Idaho, maybe up to Montana and then curve around towards um, Washington, Oregon, maybe come back down that that way. Um, but yeah, that's our next next trip. If you guys are in the Idaho, Montana, you know, Pacific Northwest area, hit us up. Um, we're probably going to be looking for some places to camp and um, probably going to try and get to some of the uh, destinations that we've been looking forward to for the last couple of years, Yellowstone and some of the other places and, and go visit some friends up there that we haven't seen in a long time. So that's the next trip. So let me know what your next trip is. I'd love to hear, I'd love to help you plan it. And um, if it's somewhere that we've been, and if, even if it's somewhere that we haven't, I would love to uh, see, you know, what your mindset is on, on some of those areas and some of the, the goals that you guys have set for yourself. So I love the interaction. I love the emails. Definitely keep them coming. Another question we had was, what has changed with you guys since you started overlanding? Oh, man. Uh, you know, one of the big things that's changed is our priorities. We learned, you know, from straight from the beginning that uh, life is just so short. Uh, the kids grow up so quickly. And, uh, you know, if you don't spend that time now, you're, you're never going to be able to, um, uh, you're, you're just going to regret it, you know, and I, I don't want to get to the age where I'm looking back 10 years from now, uh, you know, going, man, I wish we would have done that then when the kids were young or even when they're not young, even if you got kids that are older, you know, get out there. You don't want to be 80 years old looking back going, man, I wish I, I would have done that. Um, that's one thing that has changed as far as my mindset since we started was like, man, I really, really came to the realization that, that this is just so important to, to do this. And that's why we've done it, you know, every year since we, we were out there so much because it is so important for your mental status, for your, uh, time, you know, with family and legacy that you leave for your kids and teaching them how to be outdoors, how to live independently, um, how to live off the land. Um, you know, I, by no means am I any kind of expert with living off the land, but we are learning as we go. And, and, and gosh, there's so much that we've learned since we started doing this that I would have never learned unless we were out on the road doing this. And my kids are learning it as well. And, um, you know, the, I would rather have my kids touch something tangible and see the outdoors and see the beauty of this country instead of looking at it through a freaking, you know, the boob tube or an iPad or um, some device, you know, the zombie apocalypse. Everybody's looking down at their devices all the time. I'd rather them look down at a flower or a rock or, 
you know, some, something, uh, you know, some scenery or something that, that they're going to just be able to enjoy, uh, from the creation. Um, so that, that's one big thing that we've learned, um, that I will continue to do. And I'm trying to instill into my, my kids to do for their kids when they're older. Um, another thing that's changed probably the way that we camp initially, we were taking so much gear with us, just way, way, way too much gear, um, <laughs> than we should have. And, you know, that just kind of comes with experience. You, you figure out what you really need and what you don't need. And, uh, the lighter that you can, you know, load yourself up, the better. Um, my wife always, always overpacks us with clothes and things like that. And there's been a couple of times where I'm like, gosh, we're taking so much more than we need. And then we've ended up, you know, getting to these places where it was freezing cold and we needed those clothes and, and, you know, um, that resource. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, something that we've learned over time, just with experience and getting out there is the equipment that we carry, how much of it we carry, how much food we take with us, how, how much, you know, how often we're going to have to, uh, replenish our supplies, water, that sort of thing. Um, so I'd say, you know, the, the equipment that we carry, the, the supplies that we carry has changed quite a bit since we started. Um, and like I said, that's just going to come with time getting out there, seeing what works for you, what your conveniences are that you, you know, prefer out on the trail, um, and things that you really just don't necessarily need, you know? Um, like I said, in the last podcast, two things that are extremely important, uh, are, something to protect your family, whether that be a firearm or a knife or whatever you carry with you. Um, definitely check out the last podcast. If you haven't, uh, we talked a lot about that. Uh, medical supplies is huge, making sure that you don't get caught with your shorts down if some emergency happens. And that's, that's everything from, you know, uh, cuts, cut scrapes, bruises, trauma, you know, stuff like that, traumatic injuries, um, all the way to, you know, weather issues, you know, and keeping, uh, yourself, uh, dry and, uh, safe during, uh, you know, a storm or something that comes through. We've been caught in quite a bit of monsoon activity out in the desert in the summertime, uh, in the mountains where we camp. And, uh, you gotta be ready for that stuff and be able to seek shelter and get out of lightning and, uh, keep your family safe. So those things are important. And those are things I've learned, uh, since we've been out on the road and doing this, you know, there, there's a lot of extreme environments that you expose yourself to when you're out overlanding and camping and you definitely don't want to be caught, uh, without those things. So highly recommend you to, uh, you know, make sure that you've got everything, uh, you know, in your back pocket that you might need in that situation. Um, because, uh, you just never know. Uh, we've gone into places and had no idea a storm was coming in and, um, we've been caught in some pretty precarious situations. And that's another thing I'd encourage you to do is check the weather forecast before you go out into these places, these remote camping areas, make sure that you uh, know what's going on. So another question we had was what changes do we see in the future for us? Well, one, one thing that we didn't see in the future a couple years ago was having another kid. <laughs> that was, that was a massive, uh, undertaking for us being, you know, that, uh, my wife is now in her forties. I'm in my forties and we have a two and a half year old son and a 13 year old daughter. And, uh, that was definitely unforeseen. Um, the future mainly because of that, that I can see changing for us. It's just, you know, um, camping with a, you know, a toddler and a young, a young kid again, uh, where, you know, 
Um, Jetta's older now. She's a teenager. So, you know, that had changed for us until recently. So now we're kind of in that mode again and, and camping with the child uh, that's very young. And, um, you know, you take different things with you. You go different places. You, uh, you approach things differently. So I would think that, you know, the future for us is going to be a little bit you know, in reverse, um, like it was with Jetta when she was really young and camping with her. Um, but also what's very cool about that is she's older now. We have an extra person in the family to help us with Bodie and, um, and raising him. And, uh, that's been really cool too. But you know, in the future for overlanding, uh, I don't really think much is going to change for us. We've kind of figured out the way that we want to do it and the, the equipment that we need. Like I was saying, the rig that we that we prefer, um, I would say probably the only thing that maybe be on the might be on the horizon is another forerunner. Um, ours is over two hundred thousand miles now, and um, she's not really getting tired. I mean, she's still running strong, just like she was when we bought her, and that's pretty much barely broken for a Toyota. But I think as Jetta gets older, and as um, you know, we're still doing these sort of things, and we might uh, upgrade the vehicle at some point. Um, down the road. But for now, we've got everything pretty locked up and, and uh, working pretty good for us. So uh, if you guys are interested in in uh, purchasing a vehicle, I would highly recommend the Toyota product. Uh, the 4Runner, uh, above all else, has been the best platform for us, for our family. Um, I've preached a hundred million times about how much I love the FJ Cruiser um, platform. I've had Tacomas, Tundras, Forerunners. I mean, I think we're on our third Forerunner right now. Uh, you know, two Tundras, the Tacoma, the FJ Cruiser, all that stuff. The Forerunner for a family is definitely the best platform, the most roomy, capable, uh, reliable platform that I I could recommend. It is absolutely amazing. So that may change for us in the future, but it would only change uh, in the fact that we only you know, we'd be buying another one. Um, I'm probably never going to go to anything different than a Forerunner. They're just great. So, yeah, I really appreciate the the questions. Uh, there was another one from our friend Heidi. Uh, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And uh, I answered her. Uh, <laughs> you guys can check that out for yourselves. But, uh, hey, I appreciate these questions. And uh, we're going to do this every podcast. So if you guys have any questions for us, please shoot us a DM on Instagram the direct message or email us at andersonoverland at gmail.com. I would love to answer uh, more questions at the end of each podcast. We're going to start doing that. So anyways, that's what I got for you today. And I hope you guys have a lovely rest of the week. Definitely uh, take some time for yourself this week if you get a chance and relax. I know this is uh, the start of your work week for most of you guys. And um just have a, a great one. So thank you guys again for your your loyalty and listening to the podcast. Please get online and review us on your podcasting platforms. If you get a second out of your day, I would highly, highly, highly appreciate that because it helps us with placement and our rankings, uh, specifically with Apple and Spotify. And um, you guys are just awesome. I really appreciate you. Have a great day and we are out of here.
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.